Lavelle and I spent the morning with Carlos Correa. We'll tell you about what the press conference was like here. We're, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Uh, but Roy, let's get your your reaction. Uh, you, you're you're probably not spending as much time firing out opinions on the Twitter machine as Lavelle and I are. So what was your reaction to the rapidly breaking news, uh, the strange twists and turns of the saga, and the Twins finally getting Carlos Correa? Well, it's (laughs) the the old Chinese uh, proverb or uh, curse, may you live in interesting times. Uh, This is this is a definition of that kind of uh, uh, interesting, I think. And as I did mention on Twitter, um, there's going to be the inevitable, uh, you spent too much money on one guy, it's running the payroll, or it's going to be, um, uh, what about his ankle and, and much money to gamble? Or, and if he gets hurt, it's going to be awful. But I will just say, again, as I've been saying for uh, since the season was, was over, well, since during the season, it was a joy to watch him play last year, and I, I just hope he stays healthy because it will continue to be a joy for many years to come. And and that's a good thing for Twins fans it, uh, like me. Um, the other thing that I would say about it is, uh, I think we alluded to it a little bit last week, but in order to get a player of this caliber, this is the kind of money that's being spent. And, and the interesting thing about this is just deciding – whether or not you know this is the guy and this and this is the position, I will say that it's certainly the position. Uh, if you're going to spend money, I think you you spend it, you know, on a on a great catcher that can hit, and you spend it on an outstanding defensive uh, shortstop who can hit, and you spend it on a center fielder uh, in the same vein, and you sit, and you spend it on a on a young pitcher that does not have any history of uh, of injuries. So this falls in the category, and I, I just think you, you know I kind of you know I kind of hate to see the you know how much money is going to be taken away from other potential players the Twins could get, but at this position with this guy, I mean I just think you I, I think it's the right the right move. I'm flashing back to the conversation the three of us had at the end of the regular season, and I had prepared myself. For even though I was the one who first reported, hey, the Twins think they're still in on this thing after Heyman said he was gone, uh, I still had prepared myself for him leaving. It's just it was my mindset, rightly or wrongly. And you and the three of us sat here and we broke down the roster. We talked about possibilities and replacements and where you could spend that money. And by the end of that conversation, I was like, damn, they need Correa. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, me so, too. I mean, yeah. it so you know, we can we can nitpick uh his his leg we can nitpick uh the process we can nitpick oh maybe you could have spent this money some other way i i just think this is a really simple deal they don't have anybody like correa they had a chance to get correa they got correa i think that's a really good thing right and the on top of that i think it helped that uh correa played with the twins all last year so the twins doctors and staff knew him and familiar familiar with him and uh, they also got, you know, um, a green light from uh, Dr. Neil Elatresh, who's a noted uh, specialist in this field. And so um, the, the interesting, there are a lot of interesting things that came out of their press conference. And the one that jumped out at me was that 
uh, when Scott Boris said that the independent uh, or the is that the Giants went to show concerns for the uh, exam. And so then when the Mets took a look at the physicals and they contacted the independent orthopedist, they contacted the same guy. And so it was one guy telling two teams the same thing and uh, kind of, uh, you know, putting them in a tough situation in terms of trying to get those deals done. But I, I just think this is a great move for the twins because uh, he's a premium player. He's going to give you five war production. It's going to be a hopefully a 120, 130 OPS plus. I think it was 140 last year. Um, he's got a chance of hitting 30, 35 homers. I talked to Thule Epstein uh, in San Diego when I was out there for the Hall of Fame meetings, and he thinks Correa's got a 40 homer season in him. You know, um, it, it, it it works from inside the clubhouse to his uh, his his mentorship, his knowledge, his ability to break down a game for people, helping Buck, Byron Buxton, who you know is who is uh, who's anti-statistics to at least an- understand some basic stuff about statistics. I mean, he's just a plus for uh, the organization. And like I said, I remember that conversation we had too at the end of the year. And I was like, man, I think the twins need to sign Carlos Correa. Now it'd be nice if uh, they could find a pitcher for $33 million who can produce like Carlos. Oh, I forgot. The other point I wanted to make too is that, you know, by the time the fifth or sixth year of this deal rolls around, as long as he stays healthy, there's going to be a bunch of players making $30 million a year. Or Shohei Itani will be making fifty million by then. It's gonna, it's gonna see. I'm not gonna say it's a drop in the bucket, but it's not gonna seem like the big outlay of cash that they uh, that people are thinking it is now. And also, the other thing about this year is that Major League Baseball just sold the last fifteen percent of MLB BAM, which is like their online media company, and each team got thirty million dollars from that sale. So. Um, you know, it was easier for the, the the twins to go ahead and authorize that cash, even though they spent it last year. Um, but it made it even easier too this year. And everybody's expecting the league revenues to go past twelve billion this year, maybe head to thirteen. Uh, a lot of people pointing to this year as a year they actually fully bounced back after COVID. And so um, this big cash generate machine is about to gear up again. Uh, so clubs going to be in position to afford these contracts, and the twins just prove that by making a six-year commitment to Carlos Correa. Yeah, I just wanted to say one other thing about, about the, the kid here. I mean, <clears throat> everything that uh, you said about him in terms of uh, in the clubhouse and, and leadership and other guys, it's all, it's all true, Bell. And, and, <clears throat> but it, just in a play-in-the-game standpoint, what I, what I, just, I have just this uh, just vivid – image in my mind of watching him all year and being uh, <clears throat> amazed at his consistency at shortstop, all the plays that he made, um, you know, some spectacular plays, but, uh, you know, all the, all the, uh, what looked like routine plays that weren't routine plays, all the, all the times that arm uh, it got him an out where very few other people were going to get, get an out, out and then watch him at the plate. And it's not even the home runs, and the um, OPS and all that kind of stuff, which it is, but I have this this vivid uh, image and memories in my mind about some really tough grind out at bat, line drive singles to right field to drive in in a huge situation. It wasn't a, it wasn't a game winning home run. It was just the most exemplary tough two strike at bat that you could have and. I mean that that 
day in, day out, grind them out from a guy with that kind of talent, offensively and defensively, that that permeates through the club, and I and and I think it should permeate through all of us fans watching it. Let me uh, introduce the show, and then I will come back and rip Lavelle. Uh, this is the Chin Music Show <laughs> at TalkNorth.com. This is our baseball show. We have about five hockey shows, two NFL shows. We have Cheryl Reeve, John Krasinski on the Wolves, uh, Russo LaPanta on the Wild, Mike Grimm on the Gophers, Cheryl I think I said Cheryl Reeve. So many shows, I can never keep them all straight. We've added Mr. Fun, Joe Anderson. Uh, we have Dave Lee. We have outdoor content. We have variety content. Thanks for listening. Thanks for helping us grow. And the best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. We're working today from the Aquarius Home Service Studio. We also want to thank longtime Talk North sponsors like TSR Injury Law and Minnesota Propane and Jody Stays Pizza Barn in Princeton. If you're ever up in the Princeton area by 169, stop by and say hello to Jody. Uh, so Lavelle was talking about all the positives of this and they still need some pitching. Can we all, as baseball people, fans, organization, analysts, former players, writers, can we ever just enjoy a moment? They just (laughs) signed Carlos Correa. It's one of the biggest moments in franchise history, aside from the two world championships. They just decided, they basically committed potentially over an 11 year span starting last year through if he stays another 10 years to much more than $300 million for a premier free agent that two teams, two coastal teams desperately wanted and some other mystery teams might've wanted. Let's enjoy this. Maybe they'll be able to trade for a pitcher. Maybe they won't. But I, I mean, really we should be just saying this is a great thing. I think. All right, Lavelle, defend yourself. Not, well, you know, I, I'll admit that, you know, after living here for about 26, 27 years that I've let the Minnesotan, the Minnesota sports fan, uh, uh, what ails the Minnesota sports fan. Oh, why can't we get a picture too? Why when are we getting a picture at five o'clock? Always find o'clock? something wrong, find something wrong and, and, and squeeze the heck out of it. Yeah. I just did that. I was wrong. You're exactly right. Well, I wrote a column today pretty much saying it was a great thing, uh, for the, for the twins. So, um, I did throw it out there, and it was, today was a great press conference, and it was entertaining, and Scott Boris was hilarious. Um, Scott and, Skinny Jeans Boris? Yes, Skinny Jeans Boris. I didn't think he was a Skinny Jeans kind of guy, and then no, he got I up. Sti- out, I, don't think, of- I still don't think he is. Golly. <laughs> 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 something else. Uh, Roy, I don't know you who, know, who, there, you know, there are, know who. There are, there are, there are what you are and what you should be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am. I know myself. Uh, I am not a skinny jeans guy, and I don't think that will ever change. I, I do well, know myself that well. You got a better chance of pulling off skinny jeans than me, my friend. <laughs> uh, you will never see me in skinny jeans or joggers. That's the, like the hip, the hip, <laughs> the hip uh, clothing oh. item of, the, of this moment is joggers. I, you'll never see me in a pair of joggers either. <laughs> oh. So, so, so Roy, Roy, uh, yo, go ahead, Lavelle. I was going to ask Roy, Roy, who was your who was your agent during your playing days? And, and was he as I don't want to say that Scott Boris is bombastic, but um, he's rather loquacious. He's re- he's very, definitely eloquent and uh, he is going to make sure his message message gets out there. Was there who was your agent and, and was he on the bombastic scale at all? You know, uh, I, I never really had an agent per se. I, I had um, a, an attorney. Uh, that uh, I was uh, working with um, as part of a, 
kind of a financial advisory group. And I liked the uh, attorney and I wasn't really, uh, didn't feel like I needed uh, an agent to be, um, you know, to charge me a bunch of money and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and make that big, a di- I just didn't think it would make that big a difference. So that I just paid his attorney basically, um, you know, by the hour and, and plus, you know, plus a little bonus kind of thing. And we just did it together. And, and I, I mean, I, I just wasn't into, I just didn't, I didn't, uh, not, I, I think they, for the most part, do a great job for, you know, for players, but it just wasn't, it wasn't me. It just wasn't. And we, so we were the opposite of bombastic. We were, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were just matter of fact about, you know, about stuff. And, um, I was, you know, I, I, I could get, the information of what other guys shortstops were making and that, I, that was fair for me to compare to. And, and I could get all the numbers and did, I did all that myself. And he just went in. I did I just didn't want to, you know, sit in front of, um, you know, Calvin at one point in time and, and then, um, and then Steinbrenner after that and, uh, you know, have them, you know, BS around and say things I didn't want to hear. I was just that my attorney going there and, you know, we just just work it out. So that's gotcha. what we did. Yeah. Well, Boris's big uh, 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 oxtagore today was uh, the the process in which Major League Baseball teams uh, uh, do physical examinations and reach out to independent orthopedists for opinions and things like that, without the benefit of of talking to people who have spent time with the player and know knows their physical history. He kept doubling back and tripling down on that complaint throughout the press conference. If you asked him about other things, he would, I asked him about working with Falvey and Levine. He ended up going back to complaining about orthopedists in baseball. You know, uh, <laughs> he had a theme some, today. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Minneapolis being a metropolis. Oh, that was his big one. He, he was trying to say that Minnesota can afford these contracts. Now, you know, I landed at the airport and my God, it took me forever to walk through the gate area to get to my baggage claim. I was like, this must be a sprawling metropolis. And I said, no, you just landed at gate C. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly but, but then right. he, he, he dovetailed back on the whole orthopedic complaint. I mean, that's, he wanted to make sure that message got out there. And it's, it's tough because sometimes we talk, when you talk to agents through the years, you get off the phone, you feel like you need to take a shower. But when you, when you finally get someone like Boris on the phone, you get an audience with him, you kind of let him say what he wants to say. You know, it's almost like talking to an owner. You let the owner say what he wants to say, and you don't pick fights with him because then we're going to talk to you again. And it's almost like that's the way when you do it, Scott Boris. You know what's really funny uh, about that, Lavelle, about the, the orth- coming back to the orthopedist uh, argument. Um, it, is, it is weird, though, isn't it? Uh, where, uh, all of these, I mean, all of these owners, general managers, I mean, if, if they go out and you know, need to put a new roof on there. You're going to get three opinions from three, uh, you know, three, three different. Um, right. Uh, what am I? What's the word? Estimates. I'm uh, estimates. estimates. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, you go out. I mean, you go out and buy a car. You're going to shop around. You know, you're going to ask ask some people. You know, about different things. And so now they go to one guy and they say, "What do you think?" Okay, that's it. And then they go to the Mets and the Mets use the same guy. I mean. I, 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 I have to say, I think Boris has a point in that, um, good golly, it, 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 
shop it, shop your product around a little bit, see if it's see if it's healthy. No I'm doubt. not sure we can have that kind of language on this uh, network, Roy, but I, I guess I'll <laughs> let it go this time. Um, I will also say that you know I, we heard a lot of uh, worries when the Twins re-signed Byron Buxton. Oh, he's going to be hurt all the time. Whatever, you know. To me, here's the thing: you have to gamble on talent. You have to gamble on talent in the draft. You have to gamble on talent when you're allocating resources to player development. You have to gamble on talent at the major league level. Otherwise, that was my Burt Blylove and homage, by the way, at the major league level. Um, if you don't <laughs> gamble, if you don't gamble on high level talent, you end up with a team of, and I don't mean this in an insulting way, but you end up with a team of Jake Caves. You end up with a bunch of guys who, you know. They do their job as well as they can, but they're not going to elevate your franchise. You're not going to win big. You have to gamble on talent. You know what, Jim? I mean, I, I and I was. This is kind of what I was trying to say. You know, at the open of the show, um, you get a, a guy of this talent at the, this particular position, and you got to go for it. I mean, that's a that's a position and a guy and a talent that if you're ever going to spend market money on a, a premier player, this was a guy. And especially it was a guy because if you don't sign him, we and we've all we talked about this for you know weeks and months. I mean, if you don't sign him, all the things we've talked about, you know, go away. But the other thing that goes away just on a real day in, day out tactical standpoint, mm-hmm. you're you're a very left-handed hitting team. If you lose this particular right hand hitter, uh, you know that that just adds more misery right. to, to the whole deal. I mean, it, he was in he is important in the lineup from you know both uh, left-handed, right-handed pitchers pitching against them. But holy cow, against left-handed pitchers, you lose a right-handed hitter of this of this kind of talent when you have and at that position. And uh, I mean, it's just I don't know. This is this is why we all came away long ago saying you got to sign him, and I'm still there. And the thing is, the, the weird thing about that. Um, Roy, is that in order to make room for Correa, I believe, let me double check on this, um, to make room for Correa, they designated Cal uh, Garlic for assignment. And I was like, what? I said, you need to keep his right-handed bat. You know, he could be a platoon guy for you. So I was a little bummed out about that one. Hopefully it works out. He can stay in the organization. But um, Cal was pretty good as a right-handed hitter against lefties, uh, I thought. And, he was um, very. He was yeah. very good. I, I liked no, him. No question. And I got to believe that they got there's some kind of idea about a trade. I mean, uh, they've got a surplus of, um, you know, first base, left field, right field, uh, and um, and utility in the outfield, uh, hitting left handed, and um, you know now with you know. And that's why you say correctly, in my view, that uh, sorry to see Kyle Garlic not be on the club. Yeah, I hope he is on the club. Leave yeah. it a chance that, that uh, you know, and now Joey Gallo, another left hand. I mean, we haven't even talked about him. And, uh, I know. I keep on putting off Gallo for a, t- a slow week. We haven't had a slow week in a while. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not a fan so, of the any, Anyway, right <laughs> um, I, I mean, they're very, very left handed. They, uh, they needed. Correa, I think they need one more you know, strong right-handed bat. I agree. Uh, we, 
And we will get to that. want to once again let you know you're listening to Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. From the Aquarius Home Services Studio, our producer is Brandon Morton. He's been our producer for a long time. Thanks to Brandon. I'm also flashing back on a couple of conversations. I ended up having one-on-one with Joe Polad and Derek Falvey in the last month. Uh, when Joe, it was announced that Joe was going to take over as executive chair, you know, went and had some coffee with him and Dustin Morrison. And you could just tell by his expression, the way he said things, that he really wanted Correa. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to come out and say, I, I, I'll do anything to get Correa. But you could tell it was really important to him. And when I talked to Falvey the day after they got the news that Correa was going to sign with the Giants, you know, Falvey was really, he, he was very complimentary of of, of Correa, which is smart because that kept you know the relationship alive. But he he didn't sound hurt, but he just sounded incredibly disappointed. I just think that this this front office, this ownership, they felt like this this was a rare chance to land somebody like this. Because let's be honest, if Correa had never played for the Twins, they probably don't have enough of a strong feeling about him to make this kind of long term offer. You're right about that, and that's a that's a crazy thing. I was gonna save this for the end, but um, I think you could build momentum with, with roster moves. I think one move could lead to another and another. Uh, the, the The Twins do not re-sign Correa uh, if they don't sign him a year ago, you know, and signing him a year ago, you know, uh, uh, opened up a relationship with Boris to and the situation with the Twins, you know, were determined to keep in contact with Boris, even though uh, even when Correa was going through issues with the Giants and with the Mets. But I also think this leads to other things. I think in the future, and Boris actually brought this up, is that what do you think is going to happen now that Correa is here long term? He's going to be knocking at a jam store about adding even more players. And you know, he's also going to be picking up the phone and calling players about coming to the Twins. He's going to be a, 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 their lead recruiter now to add even more talent. And so that's why I think this may be, this could be a seminal moment um, for the franchise. Um, in terms of now they've got two, they got two stars in Buxton and Correa. Um, they, they're almost going to be obligated to continue to add to this. And I'm not saying go out and sign head case, uh, public relations nightmare, Trevor Bauer. I'm not saying that. No, no, but, no, but, no, no. And no, <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying that this could lead to them being a little more aggressive during the next trade deadline and maybe aggressive next, next free agent period. Big point, Lavelle. I think it's a big it's a big point. One of the things that I think uh, has hurt the Twins in the past is the perception, for whatever reason, that players around the league, uh, both leagues, either league, have, is they're just not excited about coming to Minnesota for whatever reason. And uh, all of a sudden, you get guys uh, like like Correa, and you show the commitment. I mean, it's all the things that you're that you're alluding to. I mean, it's it's it, I'm I'm a player. I'm a free agent. I'm thinking about, you know, wherever I'm going to go. And I look at the Twins and, well, they made this. They absolutely made a commitment to Correa. What do I think of Correa? Well, he's about as good as there is in baseball. They're building something over there. I, I can see where I come in now and and really make this this club a, a big-time contender. And and Correa's calling me up, telling me how great he, he how much he loves living in the Twin Cities. You know, I, I think you make a really great point there. I think all, all those things uh, will play into it going forward. Plus, there's the natural inertia. We saw it. Uh, uh, you were learning this, too. The natural inertia to doing deals when you're doing deals. And, and a natural inertia when you're not, then you don't. And 
you know, it, it all started last year when they made that uh, that uh, Garver kind of falefa. Donald said all of a sudden things just rolled right into place for them to be able to sign Correa. That kind of inertia, you know, movement uh, spawns more. No doubt about it. Okay, so let's at, let us now, now that we have celebrated the moment and enjoyed the moment, let's ask: Is there another move? Uh, my, you know, I don't, I don't have anybody telling me anything solid, uh, but they do have now a surplus of corner players and a surplus of young corner players. Uh, they have a lot of talent who could play around the field, uh, and. I think they'd like one more starting pitcher. I think the bullpen's in pretty good shape. I can see them signing one of the current relievers who's out there as they're, they become more to fo- more affordable in the next month. Uh, but I think if they add one more good starting pitcher to what they have now, I think they have a pretty good team. And the Marlins look like they might be shopping some good young pitchers. Let's start with Lavelle this time. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think it's Pablo Lopez has been a, yep. a name that the Twins have shown exp- interest in. And he's a solid pitcher. Yes. Uh, he's no he's no Sandy Alcantara, no by any stretch. Uh, I mean, that would be the pie in the sky thing for me. I'm starting to package Royce Lewis and other prospects if Alcantara is uh, <laughs> is available. Uh, but uh, Pablo is a solid pitcher, and he would definitely lengthen the rotation. And I I argue now that the Twins rotation right now is at a point where it could grind you through a season and end up with that three or four, three guys with double digit victories or maybe 12 to 14 wins. Uh, as long as they stay healthy. Uh, Cause I, I like what Sonny Gray does when he's healthy. Tyler Molly's got a track record when he's healthy. Uh, Joe Ryan at this 15 and nine in his first 32 major league starts. That's very encouraging. And Kenta Maeda is back from uh, Tommy John and that leaves Ober and Winder and Varland and whoever else you can come up with, uh, fighting for that fifth spot but if you have a guy like Lopez to drop in there that lengthens the rotation and while it still lacks that top of the rotation presence you you have now you have five guys and it's going to be tough when you you face teams in a three or four game series um you know the back end of the twins rotation is going to be better than better than a lot of their other teams and that's going to help them get through a season you know, and stay above 500 yeah I agree with that I also and uh and that that also has to do with uh, it plays how good their bullpen has gotten. And to your point, Jim, if they get it, if they get another solid reliever, you know, uh, to get to the to the back end there in the eighth and ninth, uh, even seventh, eighth and ninth. I mean, that it, it takes it takes a, a bit of the pressure off of uh, off the starting staff uh, as well. But I, I really do think that um, Royce Lewis. Is kind of a is kind of a key decision here uh, this year, and because there's a lot of ways they can go with him now that they've signed Correa, Correa is the shortstop, you know. So what do you do with Royce Lewis? Well, you play him in uh, left field, um, uh, potentially, or you trade Polanco and play him at second base, uh, or you trade Royce Lewis and, and you put a package together. Uh, for a uh, for a pitcher, right? to your point, Lavelle. So I I really think the most important piece right now, and uh, as we go forward here, is is Royce Lewis, uh, because they if if he is uh, can be an offensive player that I think he's going to be, he's certainly athletic enough to play either left or right field. That makes a Kepler trade and or a Kirilov trade. 
uh, you know, possible. Uh, I like the fact that he's a right-hand hitter, uh, so that plays well. So I mean, I, I kind of, I'm just starting to sense that, you know, I'm starting to get a feeling that Royce Lewis is kind of pivotal right here. What do you do with him? Let's see. Um, let's see here. Troy Glaus, Manny Machado, A. Rod, Michael Kadir, Miguel Sano, Trevor Plouffe, uh Dan Gladden or Hey Polanco. They were all draft or they were all drafted or or signed as shortstops and ended up moving elsewhere um as they filled out or as their defense pushed them in another direction. Um but you can move a shortstop anywhere. And right. so it's and, and and Lewis is a great athlete. I mean the issue with him when they first drafted him was he's got a transition from being an athlete playing short to a shortstop playing athlete. I'm not sure if he – I think he made progress. I don't know if he got all the way there. Um, Brooks Lee's another one. Brooks Lee went to double – finished the year double A in his first professional season. So he's on the radar as a guy who could be a fast riser. And he may have to find another position for him. These are good problems to have. And you know, your prospects also can be draft, uh, trade capital as well. So um, we want all these guys to flourish in uh, 2023 to give the Twins options. To, and they're never – Ending pursuit of an ace pitcher. <laughs> I just, say you, I, I just want to reiterate what you guys heard me say a bunch, but it, but it's it, it's I've just seen it, you know, my whole life. As soon as some team has a what they who they think they tell everybody, everybody thinks is a great shortstop prospect and uh, shortstop of the future, and then they say, well, you know what, he can play center also, you know, and then okay, it's done. He's not going to play. He's not going to be their shortstop. There's not going to be. Yep. Hey, I, I remember. Um, I remember Royce Lewis's first like uh, camp in spring training. He was on the backfield and he went out to center field to shag fly balls. And Tory Hunter was around. Yeah, I guess this is when Tory came back to the Twins, and he starts screaming at Lewis, "Get out of there! If they see you do that, they're gonna keep you out there. Get out of center field!" <laughs> and, and everybody was laughing, but they were like, "Tory's like he's doing too good of a job out there. He's gonna get. He's gonna get him in trouble." But Guess what? He's been playing in center field sometimes. I will say this, and this is much more a gut reaction than some deeply researched take. I just have the sense that Royce Lewis is going to be a star. The athletic ability, the live bat, uh, the versatility, the attitude, the work ethic. uh, I just... I think he's going to be really good. I would be really worried about trading him. There are other people, uh, other current and potential corner players I would rather trade than Royce Lewis. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a real good hitter. I really do. And I, and he's so athletic. He can, he, he can play anywhere with the possible exception of shortstop right, when you, and especially since you've signed Correa, but I just envision him as a standout left or, or, or right. Yep. And, and I mean, uh, a very, very solid, big league, uh, big league outfielder. So, and, and I agree with you, all those uh, intangible things you were talking about, uh, you get that impression uh, from him. And um, the, the other thing is, uh, oh, sorry. We got a little, uh, a little, a, a little phone. Going on. Sorry. Uh, okay. The other thing about him is uh, watching his, uh, his toughness at the plate. Um, I, I, I thought he was very advanced for a young guy coming up right away, uh, first right off the bat in uh, 
uh, in big league games, uh, battling through at bats. And it doesn't mean it didn't doesn't mean because um, he did okay, you know, occasionally. But but just the um, the, the the seeming uh, batter's box maturity that he he had. Uh, I was I was I, I was taken by I, I I so I agree with you I think he's I think he's going to be if, if he's not a real good player for the Twins I or or anybody else I I'd be I'll be really surprised. So next week we actually will get to Joey Gallo. Next week we also break down some other potential moves they could make. We'll look at who's left on the free agent market, who might be available in the trade market, and we'll kind of break down the big questions. I think the casual fan watched the way this team played the second half of last year and said, they stink. And I think people who uh, are a little closer to it tend to look at it and go, no, it was a pretty good team that had a horrific, historic spate of injuries that no team could survive. So we'll get into that debate next week today. For today, gentlemen, give me your final thought. It can be baseball. It can be Korea. It can be anything uh, in the world of pop culture or music as we usually get to. One, one more reminder, uh, producers Brandon Morton, the network is talknorth.com. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. And uh, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Let's go Lavelle first. Uh, I'm a fan of what, uh, I'm a fan of uh, Nick Gordon. The fact that he kind of carved out a role for himself last year with the squad coming off the bench or filling in in the, uh, uh, several positions uh, around the infield and in the outfield. I think he proved he could be a little bit of a super utility player. And he does not get cheated on the swing. And he hits the ball farther than you think for a guy who was the lightest person in baseball. Um, but now I'm, he, I'm, he's out of options, so they ha- the Twins have to keep a home for him. But the fact that now Correa's here and they have this guy called named Kyle Farmer, who they traded for, um, who's also a middle infield type and probably could play around a little bit. I'm wondering what this means for Nick. Uh, I'd like to see him be a part of this team next year. He's had he had a couple of rough years uh, during his developmental stage. Um, COVID knocked him on his butt. Uh, he had another gastrointestinal intestinal illness. I think that you know forced him to lose weight, and he doesn't have any weight to lose. Um, but I would like to see the guy get a chance to stick and be a factor in a good team because I think he could be a, a boost. But I don't know if how things based on how things are going to shake out this spring uh, with Cal Farmer around uh, if. Gordon's going to get that opportunity, right? Well, I just got to, I got to, I, I got to ask if you guys watched family dinner. No, heard about it though. Oh man! All right. Well, my final thought is Andrew Zimmer's a wonderful man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good final thought. That's very succinct. That's it. That's all I got. Succinct. You're not, you're not going to watch a show. That's all I got. <laughs> you know what? My wife loves that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm going to watch tonight. I, yeah, I admit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I admit, it was a busy week and I didn't think about it. But my <laughs> thing is, thing is, my wife and I. Are wait, always, wait. You mean you mean uh, in between questions at uh, the uh, press conference, uh, you, you didn't uh, you didn't think? Oh yeah, I gotta I, I gotta watch uh, Roy's family on television with Andrew Zimmerman. I, I I'm shocked. Actually, during some of Scott Boris's answers, I should have switched over and just watched the show. <laughs> yeah, I was out of town. I had to cover the Vikings Bears game. We all have our excuses. All right, yep. now we are, we are uh, we will I we have a homework assignment, Lavelle. We will watch 
That show before we do this show again, it's a requirement. Brandon, Season you have three, to watch ep- ep- two. Episode four, January 21st, The Smalley Family. Yes. Baseball player Roy Smalley and his wife began their family in the midst of his career, but prioritized Sunday meals. The kids are now grown with families of their own, but they still make time for this tradition. I, I, I think we need to ask the controversial question. <laughs> who puts on the better family dinner, Roy Smalley or Anthony Lopanta? <laughs> oh, there could be a family there, cookout. There, there's no, there's no question about that. I, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to try and uh, compete with that. But this was a, uh, this was a, a fun, ex- a fun little uh, event, and and I think the show uh, is uh, turned out uh, pretty well. So, anyway, enough of that. I'm, I'm watching tonight. We'll talk about it next week. Thanks to Roy. Thanks to Lavelle. Thanks to Brandon. Uh, thank you, Twins fans, for listening to this. And as I said earlier, enjoy the moment.